When the sun dips beneath the Santa Monica Mountains, it's time for another Death at Sunset. A Sunshine War radio play podcast starring Tiffany Berube, Brad Davis, Johnny Luna, Clark Kohler, Carly Walsh, Jennifer Murray, Laura Denton, and Chris Maxwell. Music by Zach Pfeiffer. Written by Chris Maxwell and Brad Davis. Recorded, edited, and directed by Chris Maxwell. A gruesome murder in the marshes. A killer on the loose. Corporate cheeseburger sabotage. Our hero's had enough and is handing this one over to the police. But all loose ends must be tied or burned. And our private eye has a hostess's heart to mend and money to collect. Jack Dimes had enough of this case. But has this case had enough of Jack Dimes? Find out on part four of Hard Times and Soft Drinks. Oh, hey, Shayna. It's Jack. Unmarked number on my personal line? I should have known. Jack Dime on another burner phone. What can I do for you, you old flatfoot? I'm on the outskirts of Playa. Caught a body. Always with the good news, huh, Jack? You know who it is? His name's Owen Lockcollar. He's a restaurant manager from Venice. Listen, you want to send a car down Culver Boulevard? Yeah, I'll have someone there, too. And get a squad car on the blue delivery truck marked Spade's Best. Driver's name is Dave. He's the one who abandoned the body. Headed east on Jefferson not too long ago. Got it, Jack. I'll be seeing you. There he is. Jack Dime. Cypher sore eyes. Oh, decided to come see your old partner. We drew straws. And I lost. Hmm. What else is new? Easy, Jack. Where's the stiff? He's on the edge of the basin. Looks like he was beaten, drowned, maybe strangled. Tied up and submerged in an oil drum of tequila. Dropped here about 45 minutes ago by that Spade's best delivery truck. Did you touch anything? Just the lip of the barrel. Good. Jack, I need you to come with us. Oh, what's going on here, Shayna? Owen Lockcaller had filed assault and battery charges against you less than 24 hours ago, and now you find his body beaten to death. What are you doing here? I know you're not a cop anymore, Jack, but you're still supposed to be a detective. Come on, I didn't expect to come upon his body, Shayna. So I beat him up once. I didn't kill him. And I'm not putting you in cuffs, am I? Well, what else do you need to know? Can't we just do this now? It's too messy not to bring you in. Get in the car, Jack. Ugh. Besides, you shouldn't be driving anyway. Doesn't smell like this brew shortage has affected you, one drop. Hey, you just gotta know where to look. Acapulco Beach Bar and Grill, for one. The establishment mismanaged by our dearly departed back there. He had a booze supply, all right, through Spade's Best Delivery, a defunct company, mind you. Owen was pinching off some of the supply and maximizing his own profits through at least one of the restaurant's busboys, I know that. Dave, and whoever's at the other end of Dave's leash, found out about it. Where do you fit in? I know you've always had it hidden for the liquor control board, but I've never known you to waste that much tequila. I was sent searching for the busboy. He was the one who tipped me off about the booze baron, gave me the spade's best truck. 
Goes looking for a bus boy, comes up with a body. The Jack Dime way. Easy, Detective. Detective Brett? Go ahead. You might want to head down to La Cienega towards the oil field. An officer caught an unauthorized dumping by your delivery truck. Catch the bastard? Not yet. The divider kept the officer from getting to the truck in time, but we're getting a perimeter set. Good. I'll be there shortly. Mind if we make a quick stop? Mind? Hell, I'm morbidly curious. Detective. Officer Dominguez, what have we got here? Uh, I've got an oil drum containing a body unloaded from a blue delivery truck. He sped off when he caught me coming over the hill. Any identification on the body? Officer? Hmm. The body was burned beyond recognition, ma'am. It's, uh, it was submerged in oil inside the drum. It appears that hot canola oil was poured on top of the bound victim, judging from the severity of the burns on the scalp, neck, and back. Jesus. Smells like french fries. Jack, you got any idea who this might be? Unfortunately, a couple. Seems to be a white male, six foot, approximately 180 pounds. The oily body shone in the flashing reds and blues that surrounded it. I stepped around to see the face or what was left of it. It was... Shiloh. Who? Shiloh, he's some DTLAU kid who was secondarily tied up in all this. Never saw him getting greased like this, though. Don't worry. We'll get this Dave guy. Good. I mean, no doubt Dave had a hand in all this. And now there's no doubt as to who had all the grease in this. It's Vance Valadini, the owner and operator of the Squeaky Wheels food truck. How do you figure? The man fries everything on his menu and his lines wrapping around city blocks. And I clocked our friend Delivery Dave replacing his oil drum earlier this evening. All right. You heard him. Let's find these guys. It had to be around four or five in the morning. Enough time for a detective to get from Playa del Rey to the Inglewood oil fields and back and still make it to Venice Beach before the sun rose on Rose Avenue. The remaining windows of my car had already accumulated the morning dew of the marine layer. Hello? Jack, thank God you answered. I'm getting a little freaked out right now. Misty, what's wrong? There's an old blue delivery truck that's prowling slowly down the street and has stopped outside my apartment. Lock your doors and windows. Don't let anyone in. I'll be over as soon as I can. I jumped in my car and sped through the foggy, empty streets of Venice. How'd Dave get past the police perimeter? Damn, he was quick for a big guy in a bulky truck. <laughs> Too quick, if you ask me. By the time I got to Misty's, there was no sign of the Spades Best truck. I rang her apartment and the gate buzzed open. All was quiet in the courtyard. As I walked towards Misty's apartment, I got that weird feeling in my stomach when something isn't quite right. I'm not proud to say that I've walked into a lot of traps in my time, so believe me when I tell you that I knew I was walking into a trap. The odds of Dave beating me up were pretty high, so I hoped for Vance, who I was more sure I could take in a fight. But really, what choice did I have? I couldn't just leave Misty to be drowned or boiled in a barrel. Hope for the best, expect the worst, 
Keep your guard up. Jack! Oh, thank God you're here. You're okay. Where is he? Where's the truck? Uh, he was around the corner. He drove off before you got here. I'm sorry, Jack. I, I just got so scared. I could see him staring into my apartment. It's okay. Just don't get all misty on me, Misty. This will all be over soon. Hell, we can even go see Angel in the morning. What? You found Angel? Where is he? Is he okay? He's fine. He's staying with his grandmother down in Gardenia on Raymond. Not to be crass, but that's $250 for that information, by the way. I don't expect the extra $500 until you see him. Here, I have the money. I trust you. You have no idea how much of a relief this is. Can I get you a drink? Sure. The bourbon? Yeah, sure. How do you take it? However it's poured. She came back with two tall glasses. Neat. A celebratory dosage. The softer the time, the harder the drink. You can cut loose in times of celebration, but in times of hardship, it's best to keep your wits about you. To Jack Dine, the hero who found my angel. This is good stuff, Misty. Say, where'd you get it? <laughs> Jack, what a silly question. Where have you been getting booze? Where has everyone been getting their booze? I was, uh, I was at... Oh. Oh, Misty, I meant to tell you, Owen's dead. The Spade's best truck driver who was after Angel had, had killed him. I found him earlier this evening. I'm sorry. I raised my glass to Owen's short life and threw back the rest of the hooch. The whiskey temporarily lit up my senses. You don't have to be sorry. It's, it's funny, really. Dave never trusted Owen to begin with. I was the one who had vouched for him to get Acapulco Beach stopped. You vouched for... You know Dave? Oh, Jack. Don't be such an idiot. You're so smart when you're sober. You had me find Angel for them. Of course. Did you really think I was going to pay you a thousand dollars to find a poor busboy? I, I just figured you for the romantic type. They'll kill him. <sighs> I know. It wasn't an easy thing to do. How's that for romance? And there it was. That sinking feeling again. The trap. You can tell it's coming when the conversation starts snowballing towards revelations of true intentions and false allies. It's the same kind of feeling that comes over you when your drink has been laced with something. You stay strangely calm, even though you know you're in a bad situation. Not that you can really move anyway. Your eyes blur, and then your thoughts... Help! Help! And then you wake up inside a dark metal barrel to the alarming sounds of someone else trapped inside another dark metal barrel. Hello? Can anyone hear me? Help! It was Angel to my right shoulder. The monkey on my back, who frankly was starting to feel like a real albatross around my neck. Angel? Yes! Hello? Please help me! I'm trapped in this barrel! Angel, it's me, Jack Dime, private investigator. I'm in a barrel too. Jack, you son of a bitch! You sold me out! I'll kill you if you get out of here! I didn't sell you out. Well, not to these guys. And not directly either. Well, and certainly not intentionally. I thought I was helping Misty bring closure to a hurting girl. Well, you're bringing closure to our lives, and now we're about to get greased. Literally greased, Jack. The rumors I've heard... Rumors? Let's talk reality, bud. I've been there. Seen it. Smelled it. So much like chicken wings that brought the taste of buffalo sauce to my tongue. I got enough cops salivating at the thought of my death already. I don't need them bringing ranch and wet naps to the crime scene. Then how do we get out of here? 
I could probably knock the barrel over, but they've got me hogtied. Yeah, me too. Certainly makes it harder to kick out the bottom. Well, use your head, Jack. You're supposed to be a smart detective. Angel was right, damn it. I was supposed to be a smart detective. I was once a good cop, full of tomorrows. And here I was, beaten by teenagers and fry cooks, fooled by my own proclivity for inebriance. Why, with that kind of vocabulary, I was starting to think maybe I was a smart detective. Maybe I should use my head and blow the top off this whole thing. That's where the lid was anyway. Jack? What's going on? I'm busting us out of here. I just couldn't get the leverage I needed standing up. Since my feet and hands were all tied behind my back, I could only try popping off the metal lid with the strength of my neck and the blunt force of the back of my head. A couple of times in the center, work around the diameter. Hopefully I see daylight before I out in my own lights. Jack, what's going on? I'm trying to bust the lid off. How do you know that someone's not just waiting to blow your head off? I've always tried to be a glass half full person. I'm out. I wasn't surprised to find myself back in the booze warehouse. I used the edge of the barrel to cut the twine, freeing my hands, but before I could unbind my feet... Someone with impeccable timing showed up. Get me out of here! Shut up! Someone's coming! I was back in the barrel in a second, positioning the drum upside down over my crouched body. Jack! Don't let me die! Get me out of here! Mr. Valadini, please! Ah, you guessed it! First try! Please, please don't kill me! Angel, you're a real entrepreneur, you know that? Just like our friend Jack over here. How's it going in there, Jack? You up? Jack? Yeah, I'm awake. Terrific! Did you hear me say that you're an entrepreneur? Jack? I'm updating my resume. How optimistic! I admire your drives, your determination. It made you both ideal employees. So, what are you supposed to do? Wait your turn? Pay your dues? Help build an empire? No, certainly not. Take yours, betray me, go and screw it all up. Why'd you give him the truck, Jack? I figure it's only appropriate to drown you in alcohol. Pickle your outsides as much as you've preserved your own insides. Why waste the booze? Why not keep selling it off? You could have made enough by now to start your own bar. I don't need my own bar, Jack. That's the point. People are so focused on alcohol that they have forgotten about the food. They have let the quality line slip. I didn't deprive this city of booze for money. I did it for a competitive edge to prove my culinary superiority. 
Everyone wants to believe you're given shots. That when the time comes, if you're ready, you can have anything. But no one gives you shots. You take shots. You know that, right, Jack? You're a functioning alcoholic. A good detective doesn't miss a chance like that. I quickly stood up. Yeah, a little too functioning. Shit! I had tried to toss off my barrel, but it hit something placed directly above me. And that something was now streaming, steaming canola freely over the floors. The oil hit my shoes and sizzled away at the soles. I hopped a few feet over into an inch of the expanding oil spill, confirming my need for a footlocker, but allowing me to shed the barrel. Vance had set up a gutter that ran from the back of squeaky wheels and was acting like a water slide for fryer oil. Good thing Angel had a lid watching over him. He'd be fine. Probably. Out of the frying pan and into the fire, eh, Jack? Look at you. Manifest destiny incarnate. And look at you. Manifest destiny incarcerate. What? Oh, Jack, please. That's so stupid. Everybody put your hands up. Don't move. Are you kidding me? Turn around slowly, Valadini. Put your hands up. Dominguez, see what you can do about stopping that oil spill. Vance was right. I was scraping the bottom of the barrel for witty quips. Luckily, Detective Barrett and the boys in blue showed up just in time. Turns out it was Mars who tipped them off to my location using my cell phone, probably saving my life, but ultimately leaving me to question my own privacy issues. Now there was only one more loose end to tie up. My car was probably still in Venice. Shayna was kind enough to drive me back to my vehicle, parked between 4th and 5th and Rose. I had found Misty fumbling with my keys at the driver's side door. Sometimes it's better to be lucky than good. I got out up the street and jogged over just in time to see her sit down in the driver's seat. I grabbed the broken, empty window frame. Going somewhere? Oh my god, Jack, how did you get... how... Uh, why, why, there you are. We were drinking so much last night, I, I must have passed out. I just figured you'd probably forget to move your car for street cleaning, so Cut I... the jazz, Misty, you're no good off the cuff. Fine. Jack, you prefer straight talk? How much money is it going to take to pay you off? I've got enough now so we can each walk away with a decent payday. What do you mean now? Acapulco Beach did great business up until the end. The safe was flush with cash and I just happened to catch Owen when he was counting the money that last night. You killed Owen? I prefer to think that I liquidated him. We're not going to care what you prefer in a court of law. (laughs) You can't arrest me. You're no cop. You're right. Missy Warner? You're under arrest for embezzlement, kidnapping, and conspiracy to commit murder. But she is. And you may want to tack a murder charge onto that list, Detective. I think Owen Lockcaller would have appreciated it. What have you done, Jack? You have no idea what you're throwing away. I'm not throwing away anything. I'm reducing crime, recycling Angel's life, and I'm reusing a newly empty jail cell down at County. Putting you away where you belong. Jail. Take her away, Detective. I watched Detective Barrett put Misty into the back of her cruiser and drive off. Misty would go on to get 20 years from the judge with a chance of parole after 15. And once the DA got a hold of Vance, they found him to be quite the entrepreneur. Employing everybody from local brewers to wholesalers in terms of buy-offs, those who couldn't be bought, he sabotaged through a few health inspectors he had in his pocket, just like Adolf had said. An angel? Well, I kinda lost track of Angel. I did hear that he was okay after getting out of that barrel, but he still blamed me for a lot of what happened, and it's not like he wanted to keep in touch, so he disappeared back into the sprawl of Los Angeles. Case closed.
I got in my car and turned the key. Hopped on the 10 East and headed back to Hollywood. By the time I got to Jerry's Cafe, the sun was burning so hot it could only be Los Angeles noon. Vodka soda hour. The old bar was back to its familiar self again. Quiet and empty, save for a television stuck on a Sports Central news loop. And of course, Jerry himself, wearing down the lacquer of the bar top. Another slow day on the sales floor. We ran out of the new models around 12.30 last night. Your pal Dave was supposed to stop by again this morning, but I haven't seen him. And he won't. His delivery days are over. Company's been dissolved. Figures. The only distributor to give me a decent shot in a decade, and they go under overnight. Tell me you didn't have a part in this, you damn do-gooder. I'm sorry, Jer. Yeah, yeah. You and everyone else. But that's the thing about Los Angeles. It's a whole goddamn city of angels. Then grant me a miracle and tell me you didn't sell off that last bottle of bourbon? Jack, I don't sell off things that aren't mine. Well, then you've earned your wings in my book. What are we drinking to? To clear skies and light traffic. Thanks for joining us for this episode of Death at Sunset. For more information, visit deathatsunset.com or follow the show at Death at Sunset on Twitter. Please rate and review the show on Apple Podcasts and tell your friends and neighbors. I'm Laura Ditton saying... Remember, no matter how bright the day, no matter how thick the traffic, we'll be back next time with another Death at Sunset. <laughs>